Everybody, welcome to episode 28 of Throwing Wrenches. I'm Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And this is the auto podcast that plays behind the cheddar curtain. The cheddar curtain. Cheddar curtain. What do you think about that catchphrase, Daryl? Does it need an explainer for, for some folks? I hope not. But if you're from the Midwest, you, you should know what the cheddar curtain is. Back in the, the glory days of Chicago Bears, when they'd have to go up to storied Lambeau Field mm-hmm. to fight the Green Bay Packers... They'd have to cross the cheddar curtain. The cheddar curtain. Because there really was a. Di- if you were from Wisconsin, you were a totally different human being. Kind of like the old Russian. Uh, right. Yeah, the Russian. Like, uh, like whatever you call that wall over there. <laughs> um, well, I guess it would have been Berlin Wall. Yeah. But Russian and yeah. The, the Iron Curtain. Iron Curtain. There you go. Not, Not to be confused with the Iron Sheik, which is a whole other reference. That's a great documentary, by the way. Oh, did it you is. see it? I did. I did. Hilarious follow on Twitter, by the way, if anybody's an old If he's fan. still doing it, but it isn't even really him, I don't think. Anyway, that's a sideline. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so we're still working on the catchphrase. It yep. ain't easy being cheesy. It was another one I was going to try, but uh, you know, I think that one's taken, and I definitely think we get sued. I don't even have to call Gabe Casey on that one. Probably, probably. In this episode, let's look at some of the highlights here, the pregame highlights, if you will. I uh, hope everyone had a super weekend watching the Super D Duper Bowl. Did you go any car shows this weekend? What about the commercials on the Super Bowl? Did you, did you did you like those? Did you talk about Hummers? How about electric classic cars? We're going to talk about that later in the show. And we're going to talk about Moment of Musk and uh, Super Bowl commercials. And all of this, plus our sponsors, coming up on the Throne Wrenches podcast. All right. Our first sponsor, of course, is always Casey Law Office at CLO Peoria. Gabe Casey is our supra-fast super lawyer because he loves automotive law and he drives a Supra. When Cars and Coffee starts hitting here in the spring, you're going to see a red Supra sitting out there that says CLO Peoria on the back. He's dedicated to the honest practice of law and will fight to get you the results you deserve. No matter what your legal need, contact Gabe Casey at the Casey Law Office. Click or stop by his office at 415 Hamilton in downtown Peoria. Casey Law Office is a modern legal practice dedicated to solving your legal issues. Remember, CLOPeoria.com when you have legal needs. And our other sponsor we are graciously uh, uh, thankful for here, Fort's Toyota of Pekin on the web at www.toyota-pekin.com. Fort's Toyota of Pekin is a family-owned small business located in the heart of central Illinois, 15 minutes from anywhere. Fort's Toyota of Pekin lives the Toyota lifestyle. Beautiful, functional, high-quality cars and trucks that will stand the test of time no matter what your budget is. You can visit them, of course, online at toyota-pekin.com or just stop by Fort's today at 120 Radio City Drive in beautiful North Pekin, Illinois. Again, 15 minutes from anywhere. You can see the friendly professionals selling, servicing, and racing Toyotas. <laughs> Fort's is Toyota to the core. Daryl, would it be unfair for me to ask you if you have a favorite salesman at Fort's Toyota? Well, I... I don't think so. Um, I would I would definitely recommend Rich Hurley, uh, and I, I have his card in my wallet, but 
I'm sitting on my wallet, but um, you can look him up. Yeah, you've only bought a couple cars from Rich. Yeah, he's a good guy. Go see Rich or go see any other folks there, but Rich is definitely cool. All right. We've talked about it a little bit, but uh, this is probably only the second time officially an episode. We are on Patreon now. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it is a website where you can go and you can help us fund the show. It's uh, not a handout. It's more of a, uh, what do I say? A leg up. A leg up. Hand up. I'm now managing now, up. Now it gets weird. It's getting. Did I make it weird? <laughs> That's my goal. Patreon has several different levels. You can help support the show, and there are some rewards for those uh, who do support the show. We actually recorded about three thirty minutes of pre-show before this episode, and that will be on the Patreon feed. So you're certainly invited to check that out and uh, get a free sticker too if you're a Patreon member. That's always fun. You can put it on your fridge or just uh, sticker up somebody else's car. Yeah, I told Regan. He's like, hey, I got that. Uh, I got my sticker. Uh huh. And I'm like, is that yeah, your Regan yeah. voice, by the way? Yeah, I got my sticker. <laughs> and I, put I it can't on, wait to have him hear this. Go ahead. I put it on my toolbox. Yeah. I'm not sure what that accent is. But no, anyway, no, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's great, Regan. You put it in your garage on uh-huh. your toolbox where nobody can see it. I'm like, can't you put it on your demo or something like that? I mean, you know, at least, at least he's repping it. But uh, yeah, I, I sent a couple out uh, recently and uh, it's, it's nice to see where they end up. So yeah. uh, if you have put your sticker in an interesting place that is family friendly, yeah. <laughs> just shoot it to us at info at throwinwrenches.com. We don't need any other Actually, pictures. Depending of, on your gender, if it's an unfamily friendly place, I want to see it too. So you can uh, DM Eric <laughs> on uh, what's your Instagram handle? No. Planet, uh, Planet Stall. There you go. Anyway. All right. If, so, you, if you don't know Daryl Scott, let me tell you a little bit about this guy. Oh boy. He's been told that the new truck in his personal auto museum would mean the truck must be released to the wild. A car must be released to the wild. Has he done it yet? Can the man with a collection of antique vehicles succumb to the pressure of his wife, the long-suffering Mrs. Scott, make space for his new Tundra in the Scott garage? Inquiring minds want to know, Daryl Scott. That's a really good question. I'll I'll answer that (laughs) in a later episode. And for those who don't know Mr. Eric Stahl, who's giggling in the uh, other side of the room here, a winter road rally and voluntary cheesehead for the day. My colleague is a driver. He's a winner. He's <laughs> always down for the test of endurance, whether it be in the high desert or the highly odiferous pastures of the rolling kettle moraine. Wow. While some might question his motives, others question his sanity. Fresh from the cheese freeze rally with all of his digits and a little less dignity, here is the Richard Branson meets Richard Dawson He's Mr. Eric Stahl. Richard Dawson. That's a great, uh, you know. You're so outgoing. Huh? You're so outgoing. I don't know about that. Much like Richard Dawson. Yeah. I don't know. He was kind of creepy with the, the young ladies. Well. Remember that? He did, yeah. He, give me a hug. Come over here and give. You know, there was a lot of hugging. There was a lot. Of, <laughs> was a Anyways. Different, different time. Different time, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, please share this on so, uh, social media. Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I don't care. where uh, TikTok. Sure. Are you a TikTok member yet? No. My kids have told me do not get on TikTok, which makes me think I should be on TikTok. Yeah, as soon as your kids say you shouldn't do something, it's kind of like a parent telling a kid they're going to do it. Yeah, so definitely uh, get on there, share the show. We love getting new fans. I love getting emails and comments on our posts from people who are enjoying the show, especially if they're from somewhere else. Uh, So please share, share, share. And Apple Reviews. Let us know. Give us some feedback, some love there on the Apple reviews. We do appreciate that. We'll throw a sticker your way. Uh, just hit us up with uh, you know the details. Info at throwingwrenches.com. Because if your screen name is... Uh, there was one uh, the last episode. It yep. was like 8-34 or something like that. It's a weird screen name. It was. <laughs> but anyway, he wrote us a nice review. Can't give him a sticker because I don't know who the dude is. If or, you're listening, or the dudette. dudette, whoever you are, 
We want to send that sticker your way. Yeah. All right. And then signing up for alerts on the website. I haven't figured that out yet. But I, I haven't either. But if you comment on one of our posts, uh-huh. I think it automatically gives you the option to subscribe to responses and stuff like that. Like we're not going to stalk people. No, but, but you get you get the full email when the new show comes out, and it tells you everything that's going to be on the show. And right. uh, Daryl and I spend way too much time on that document, so please check it out. Awesome. All right, projects, what's going on? What the heck have you been up to in the last few weeks, Eric? Cheese freeze. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've been watching this, these type of events go on with these, uh, cheese wheel rally guys up in Wisconsin for the last two or three years. I don't even, I just like things on Facebook. I'm like, you know, that looks cool. It looks cool. And then I start watching their videos they do after the fact. I'm like, that looks like a lot of fun. Why didn't I do that? So I, I put it in my calendar last year and I said, I'm not going to miss this this coming year. And it came up for registration here like two months ago. And I told the wife, I said, there's nothing going on that weekend. It's 70 bucks. Let's yeah. just drive to the Dells in the middle of winter, in the middle of January, and do a road rally. And I posted on the Central Illinois Automotive page. And uh, <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I don't know if you saw the response. I saw you posted some pictures and stuff, but no, I didn't, I didn't follow the comments. The biggest response was guys in Central Illinois Automotive like to talk about cars and like to do car stuff, but they don't like to race them. And uh, and so there was a fair amount of uh, jabbing going on there. But anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Well, we, because you crossed the cheddar curtain, that's why. Yeah. So oh, far. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't have anything like this. I mean, to, to kind of just bring but things. But we have. We have had stuff like this. In before. the past? You know, the best part about this to me was it's in January. Yeah. January in Wisconsin, which which could be a complete crapshoot. You don't know what the weather's going to be like. Actually, going two weeks into this, I started watching the 10-day forecast. The weather was turning out very ideal for that weekend. It ended up being like 35 degrees during the day. And you had a little bit of snow on the ground? A little bit of snow the night before, but it didn't turn out that bad. I was really more concerned about the drive up to uh, the Dells, which is a a three-and-a-half-hour drive here from central Illinois. The check-in started at 11 o'clock that day. We were on the road at 12.15, and it was myself driving, and it was my wife as my co-pilot. We had another driver from central Illinois come. Um, It was Jacob Kotcher. Okay. And then uh, his friend, <laughs> Sean. I think it's Sean. Sorry. And what were the vehicles? You were in so Tree Hugger? Tree Hugger. All right. The uh, Forerunner? Yeah. I, if it was going to be nice out, I was going to bring a car. But uh, as it turned out, the weather I knew was going to be rough, so the, the truck seemed to make sense. Kotcher was bringing uh, Sean's uh, Range Rover, I don't know, LR3 or whatever those things. I, I don't, okay. I yeah, don't, Land Rover, I, like an LR3. Yeah. Did it look like the older Discovery, but yeah. newer? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. It was a decent truck. Nice. And uh, we were most con- people. Did they bring cars, or was it kind of a mixture of stuff? I would say it was uh, a lot of Subarus. Okay, as you might expect. Yeah. And there were a couple Volkswagens, and uh, it was a Ford Focus. There was, it was the range was all over the place. I mean, it was uh, like a. Oh God! An old Ford Probe that would have been stripped down with straight pipes, <laughs> painted purple with you know spray paint, nice. all the way up to you know the nice LR3 and stuff like that. My wife, I'm going to tell you this. I had thought that we would either be in divorce court or I might be dead the Monday after this thing. And I told people, you know, this is going to be a test of our relationship. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing when you've been married 25 years and you have one kid in college, another kid getting out of high school, uh, you find out that you don't really know each other that well. So you're like, this could go really, really bad. <laughs> we haven't spent this much time together without kids in the car. Sure. Uh, but my wife, it was a perfect, really setup. My wife knew what was going to happen as far as the roads. She never. We told that story at Christmas last year about how I like drove the car off the road and she freaked out at me and wanted to walk home. 
Uh, but wait, was that like going to the store or like? <laughs> That was just uh, pulling the e-brake on my Dodge Colt, thinking I was cute on a snowy road. But anyway. Oh, oh so yeah. that didn't go over so well. No, no. So I, I was fully prepared for her just to flip out and get out of the car. But but she sat down and did the math. I, I brought the directions with me. Yeah, uh, I'm looking through this now. There were 80 route changes on this course. We started at 1230. By the time, uh, 1217 or something was our out time because we were car number 17. They launched a car every minute. There was about 30 cars in the race. Um and again, this was up. Where did where did the race start? Wisconsin Dells, at okay. a, basically a restaurant in the middle of Wisconsin Dells. Right. We headed due west out into the the back roads, and it's uh, it's kind of like Amish territory. There's a lot of uh, a lot of like little roads that are snow covered and snow packed with with farms on them with with the Amish signs on, so mm-hmm. watch out for carts and stuff like that. Rolling hills and definitely rolling hills. Yeah. There were a couple times where I had all the giddy up my four wheel drive going, and all all the wheels were turning. Sure. Thought about throwing the locker on, but I, I drove in high four and high two a lot uh, during the race. I was sliding sideways a couple times. I didn't realize I could drift in my truck, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was good. And so anyway, I could drive. My wife did all the math on uh, she because it's an it's a time speed rally where you have a, a certain segment you have to run. Somebody's already run all of these segments and gingerly is what they said. Yeah, you know, so they driving it in probably a Subaru and jumping on it because the key is. At the dead stop, you jump on it, and then you have to keep – you should be legal speed. And then at the end of the route, you just jump on the brakes and come to a complete stop. So that way okay. your average speed should be as close to – if the speed limit's 55 and you did a one-mile run and you were at 53 miles an hour, that means you either humped it in the middle and jumped up a little bit or you leapt on it at the beginning and, and jumped on the brakes at the end. So talk about how you timed this because I'm I'm definitely a, a novice, and yeah. any auto crossing and stuff I did was – almost 20 years ago now. How did you ta- time this race? It's not people with clipboards and stopwatches. And that's what I expected to. I had no idea what to expect. We got up there, and the perception is that you're going to show up at an intersection. There's going to be a guy in a chair sitting there going, all right, what's your car number? You know, Or like the Cannonball Run, you got the time puncher. You just run out there and sure. chunk. You know. <laughs> uh, no, they uh, had us register an app when we got to the, uh, the registration table at the beginning of the race and said, download this app for your iPhone. And it was GPS-based. They've already run the track. They've already set all these coordinates. So in these coordinates, it tells you to stop before a telephone pole at this intersection or something like that. Yeah. And if you do that properly and you wait until your turn to run, as soon as you cross that telephone pole line, you hear the ding on your phone. It tells you it knows you've crossed the checkpoint. Okay. And at that point, it's checking your time until the next checkpoint. And when you cross the finish line for that segment, your phone beeps again, and you know you're done. And at that point, you're just running from the end of the checkpoint to the next start start point okay which you have a certain amount of time to do there as well so i'm looking at the the booklet here stage one looks like 90 miles and 10 checkpoints yeah and it's turn by turn almost to a t yeah. navigation directions but here. You, but all you're looking at is intersections and distance mm-hmm. and maybe a little information about the road you don't know a whole lot so you're still relying heavily on your navigator yes. to help you out yeah there's a couple times we had the wrong turn turn right instead of left uh, I, I constantly would be repeating back to her, you know, where am I turning? Where am I turning? The GPS in my car was invaluable because I had it dialed all the way down to the maximum setting so I could see that the roads and the names. Yeah, so yeah. So that way, she said, eight, you know, eight tenths of a mile, you have this coming up on the left, and I could see everything coming up on the left. Uh, because if you're trying to do it by line of sight, 
you can't see three or four tents down the road on a curvy road. So no. GPS is very helpful in that situation. And it, it's beautiful country up there, very scenic. Even I mean, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I imagine with the added stress, you, there's no you got time for that. Dude, I had so much <laughs> adrenaline going through me. And the thing was, uh, so twice in the race. You're, you're given the option to correct your time because something happened. What if you got behind a, a, a slow car, which happened to us one time? What if you get out to help somebody who's gotten stranded, which I did twice? Um, I kind of, I, I don't want to regret helping people because what you're told is you're just supposed to correct your time and then they'll get back with you later and all this stuff. And one dude, uh, easy. He was a BMW. It was like a five series from the 1990s, all wheel drive with a, like a metal ARB bumper on the front. Oh boy. The car was a blast. He drove, the guy drove like a madman, ended up out in the snowdrift. So I had a recovery kit and I said, can I just latch on your bumper? He said, yeah. And I just pulled him right out by that bumper. That's nice. Another guy in a Ford Focus though, who ended up dropping out of the race, he slid, so I don't even know how he slid off this spot, but he went down into the ditch, into a guy's farm and wrecked through his fence. Uh, so I got him out. Yeah. And his fender was mashed into his tire. Fender liner was down, and uh, I had tools. I said, "Here's a hammer. Just start banging at it, because yeah. you're not getting out of here until you get that that tire, you know, off the rim or off the uh, fender." Uh-huh. And so we did that. But this dude has bad karma coming because he dropped out of the race, didn't go back at the end of the of the thing, and I guaranteed until that farmer, "Hey, I just toasted your fence." Yeah, just took it, off. It just, it just irritates me. Well, that's that's one of the side sidebar conversations we, we talk about. Why don't we have more events like these? Yeah. And it, it always boils down to stuff happens yeah. and liability insurance, who, who's the group put it on, how much coverage they have. And, you know, you mentioned most people might have been pushing the speed limit here or there. And, and the goal of these, it's not, it's not like a cannonball run, right? Everybody thinks any, anytime you mention road rally, yeah. it's like, oh man, sweet. I'm going to do like, you know, no, the, there were, there was a couple teams that actually scored zero. They were dead on on everything. There was no value in scoring ahead of time. I know. Okay. So. This is like a sidebar conversation. And, hey, you know what? It's our podcast. We're going to do that. Uh, <laughs> when I talked to Jacob about this before, he said that they had done a road rally in the past. Auto House had sponsored it. And it was very promising when they rolled it out. But going back to the guy sitting on the corner with the time punch, that was supposed to happen. Some volunteers weren't there. So mm-hmm. that kind of screwed up. And then there were other guys who said, you know what? It's just an excuse for me to get my car out and go 150 miles an hour on a country road, which was not the point of this at all. Sure, sure. Actually, that was not celebrate all in this. I mean, the celebration at the end of this event was the guys who literally nailed the time on the button. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think I think the GPS makes it a little more fun in that respect. I think also the fact that this event takes place on country roads, in the snow, in gravel, uh, maybe removes a level of douchery from some people. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Because you're not going to get the people with street prepared tire you know like track tires and and stuff like oh, that I want to get a rock chip yeah. yeah so but but so how many people in total registered do you have an idea I think there was 30 teams 30 teams yeah all right it was 70 bucks team and but there's a lot of volunteer hours just like we talked about before uh, when I did actually when I did the Toyota Trails podcast I I talked about this you know anytime I go out to an event out at Utah or, or Colorado, and they're, they're all volunteer events. All these events benefit a local charity. This same thing here. This, this yeah, is benefit this? local charity. Uh, you have people who dedicate countless hours, countless hours. These events. So sure, uh, you want to you want to pay them respect by by following the rules and doing the right thing. So I think if you have the right intentions and you have the right people in the room, I think it's a good event. And I I really did go there with the intention of saying, I've never done anything like this before. 
the app was a learning experience for me saying, hey, anybody could do this because now the amount of manpower that's required to do this event is, oh, my God, it's got to be 10% of what it would have been, you know, if you had to have people actually timing you at, at segments. Sure. Uh, why can't we do this in Peoria? And, Good question. And so, I mean, you brought up on the pre-show, well, insurance, uh, well, of course, manpower. We talked about that. Yeah. And just some dedication to wanting to do something for the car community. You know, who's willing to make that happen? I think if you make it a charity, I know up in Lake Geneva, they do a, a used to do, uh, at least a, a poker run for charity and yeah. things like that. And that was a, another one of those things where the people that are going to come out, it's for a good cause. And you see with motorcycle groups too, you see the bikers for Tata's rallies and stuff like that. Oh, where, yeah. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of stuff that goes on there that's, you know, questionable or whatever because it's for a good cause, it's for charity. And at the end of the day, that's what this is about. I'm looking here. It looks like it, it benefited Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, the ALS Association, uh, local high school in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. So, I mean, really good good uh, community uh, fundraising, philanthropy. Yeah, and I think they've given away like $100,000 over the last 10 years of doing stuff. So that's that's pretty cool. That's Is there a website on there? Uh, I'm looking for one. I did not see okay. offhand, well, but so it's Cheese Wheel Inc., right? Yeah, Cheese Wheel Inc. And, and go to YouTube and look up Cheese Wheel Inc. or even like their Facebook page. They actually have great instructional videos on how these events are run and what to do, how to prep your car, how to anticipate what the direction is going to be. I was shocked at the amount of information. These guys have done a great job. I don't know if they just, uh, if they had like a level of geekery into this like five or ten years ago because I think they've carried through on some of this sure. stuff just, just from that initial bump. This event I don't think has been very consistent. I think it's been like every two or three years they've done it. Okay. It's the first time they've done it like two years in a row. And they're going to do a summer rally, I think, even over the same roads. Nice. I would love to take Red Mist up there. Yeah. I think Red Mist would have a blast in this. So. Well, and my definitely. daughter was dying I didn't take her. She was so mad. <laughs> but I don't think my daughter and I could have done it. No? No, she doesn't listen to the show, so I have to worry about her. But uh, <laughs> it, what my wife did in the co-pilot seat yeah. is hard work. And it, not to take anything away from driving, because let me tell you, I was stressed. I mean, it was white knuckling. Oh, I can imagine. The, the adrenaline rush you're getting. Sure. We didn't finish the final leg of this till 7.30 at night. So it was pitched. It was noon pitch to dark. 7, you said? Yeah. So that's a full so day. We were behind by about like 12 minutes when we got in at the break, which was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And so we wanted to get back on our start time. So that meant we had a an 18-minute break. You know, go to the bathroom. Shove some food in your face and then get back on the road and drive yeah. another four hours or three and a half hours to get home. It was pretty, no. Did you stay up there for the second stage? Oh, the second stage. I'm sorry. No, we did. You know what? We were gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I told Jacob I was gonna, but it was ten o'clock. It's a three and a half hour drive. You know what? I it, it wasn't that big of a deal. I was home at one thirty. Yeah. So at that point, you're like, I'm tired. I just want to be in my bed and sleep I, in. I got a frappuccino at a gas station in Janesville <laughs> and. uh and just drove home. I was good. I nice. think that other frappuccino is in the fridge. I forgot about it. I got, it was still like two, there. It's like two for four bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Some quality frappuccinos right there. Uh, it sounds like a great time. And if you uh, if you're interested, you can uh, follow us along here. We'll put some links up in the show notes. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna, and I I do highly recommend anything these guys do because it's very well organized and they take it seriously. It's not just a just not just a shootout of, of BS. Nice the teams were creative, had good names, they dressed in costumes. But they were there to race. Yeah. Yeah. There were a few people that obviously gave up. And I, Jacob at least did worse than me. It was his first time doing one of these as well. But, uh, I mean, we were out there to try and win this thing and so much fun. So how'd they, you do? I got, I think we literally, we were car number 17. I think we got like 17. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. No, not bad for a first time. So I think 17 out of 30. I think Angie and I could do better next time. Well, there you go. Anyway, so yeah, we'll post lots of information about that. Uh, Cheese Wheel Inc. 
that what it says? Yeah. Check yeah. them out on Facebook. I, th- I believe they got a Facebook page. There you go. Daryl, that's enough about me. What projects you got going on in the wintertime? Um, honestly, not too much. As you heard in the last episode, I uh, bought a 2017 Tundra double cab, and I've already used the four-wheel drive of that about four times. <laughs> Have you really? To get out of my driveway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we had some ice. That was not fun, but uh, it's it's been nice. And I've used it to to do truck stuff, all some furniture. Uh, my brother-in-law bought a, uh, a house in the Heights, so he wound up running to Menards about four times and loaded the truck bed full of things. It's It's been very nice having a truck again, so definitely getting a, a kick out of that. I haven't bought too many accessories yet. But I'm, I'm looking. Ah, uh, springtime. That's when you want to do it anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I'm trying to keep the cars clean from road salt, both that, the daily drivers, uh, without wrecking things. I know we talked to Detail Peoria, wow, a year ago. I think, I think, I think we need to do another show. I, I do. I would love to go back. Yeah. Matt, Matt and I, I, I know who Matt is now. Yeah. I feel like we could actually have a conversation because he's an autocrosser too. Yeah, he's, uh, does he still have his focus? Yeah, that his, thing is fast. Does he have an S4 as well? I rode in it. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. It's, it's pretty. It made, it made me feel like I don't, <laughs> I shouldn't even be on the course with him. Well, and they've been doing some really nice work up there and there. I keep saying new shop, but it's, it's, yeah. it's not new anymore, but, um, they've definitely grown into that. There's, there's been some, some pretty nice muscle cars roll through I there. In, I was in there today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I was in their shop and, uh, not to take away from your, your projects. Oh, here, yeah, yeah, fine. Um, but they had a, a yellow and black Viper. In there, getting one of their wraps. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even see the wrap lines. It was like melted right into. Yes, the it was unbelievable. I'm like, yeah. this is wrapped. I could normally on a wrap, you can see the edges, you can see something. Yeah, nothing. Perfect. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, they do great work up there. Um, but uh, when we talked with Matt in that first show, we were talking about, hey, in the wintertime, is is it okay to go through a, one of the car washes with the brushes just to get the salt off? Or, and he's like, you know, well. It's kind of up to you. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't but, do it in my car. Yeah. I mean, there's touchless options. There's, you know, you can always get out there with a bucket and some hot water from the house. I mean, there, there's ways you can keep the cars clean during the winter. But with that uh, calcium chloride or whatever that brine is, even if you run it through the touchless, there's still that fine layer, and it's like, oh man, what's that doing to paint? What's it doing to all my strikers, latches? Hey, with Toyota's rust recalls, I'm all for driving behind uh, the, that brine <laughs> behind the brine truck. <laughs> I don't know. It's been pretty mild, but uh, the one thing that's been killing me this this winter is in the, in the house we've got Douglas firs, white pines, and silver maples, and with the warmer weather, we've been getting tree sap oh. on the cars. And they yes, the two dailies sit outside. I'm sorry, I'm a terrible human being. Yeah. Well, got, now we get to that segment of the show where we talk about the intros. Now Daryl can yeah, elaborate. That's it's awful, but. Uh, yeah, tree sap on cars in January. So I've been trying to deal with a little bit of that and not freaking out because. I hate tree. tree sap is the worst, we, absolutely worst. We had the uh, walnut trees here when we first moved in. Yeah, my cars were getting all filthy. I couldn't figure out what it was. There was a walnut tree right next to the garage, hmm. and I just I walk out there sometimes like, what's this do all over my car? And then you'd run the wipers and just smear. It was just gross. Yeah, and then I realized, oh wait a second, that's sap. And I had I chopped that tree down. Even cutting the tree down, I was like, gross. Well, yeah, we've Sarah and I've had a couple discussions, and I think Dirtle's Tree Service is going to get a call because <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> We still got plenty of trees. So yeah, you have a beautiful little spot there in Peoria. It's yeah. like you're out in the woods. Yeah, with a lot of trees. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about social media because you know we're hip, we're cool. This week in social media, or as we like to call it, Twism. Twism. Oh, I should have used the uh, the, the effects. Thing, the effects. Yeah. They put anyway, it post. Well, there wasn't a whole lot going on social media this week except for the fact that Nate Sosa, who uh, made our logo for our our stickers, if you uh, want to write us a review, shout out Nate Sosa. Yeah, Nate Sosa. 
put out a Facebook event. I, I thought he put on the Central Illinois Automotive, but it was like a little car show or little cars and coffee on Super Bowl Sunday, which was amazing because the temperatures oh yeah was sixty degrees on February second. Um, that's pretty cool. So, you know, shout out to a guy like Nate to say, hey guys, let's get together and do something. It would have been even better if, if Ruby would have said, yeah, let's let's all get together, something like that. But I'm trying to think of like the earliest Cars and Coffee was. Was it March? March, I think it was March. I mean, I've been, there was there's a couple I think in March that have been really nice, and then a couple where it's like 32 degrees and we're yeah. wearing mittens. Yeah, I think yeah, <laughs> April and we're right. like dying. <laughs> this is fun, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad to get out. I'm just turn, no winter. <laughs> keep my car heat. I'm gonna turn the car on, get the heat going. Uh, but no, I was. I wish I could have gone. It was uh, Super Bowl Sunday, and I literally just had. A honeydew list from hell. So, I you did, yeah. you did. That's a whole other story. Yeah. So anyway, but it sounds like some guys went out and had some fun. So that was super cool. Um, you know what? I, I think social media has been talking a lot about Super Bowl commercials. Would that be a fair thing? Well, that and halftime shows. But yes, commercials. <laughs> commercials. <laughs> definitely, definitely plenty of the halftime show. What do you think of the commercials overall? I mean, there were some car commercials. I didn't we'll like them in that. general. I thought they they generally sucked. Yeah. Am I off on that? No, I think they were pretty. It was a snooze fest. But some cool car commercials this year. For yeah. Sure. So let's go down the car commercials. I yeah. I have here a link from CNET. I'm just going to run down these right now and sure. just and see if you remember these. Uh, the first one that pops up, and I don't know if this was should be the first one from the show because it seemed to me like Jeep threw out a teaser earlier and said, "Don't miss Groundhog Day" or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was like, like the alarm week clock before. going off. Yeah, yeah and uh, so the first commercial that CNET mentions here is the Jeep Gladiator Groundhog Day, and that was a commercial with Bill Murray. And uh, even even the the oh the insurance agent, what's his name? Comes the, running the, out. The actor? Yeah. Uh, well, the actor's name is Stephen Tobolowski, oh, but the character's God. name <laughs> is Ned Ryerson. Nerd. Yeah, uh, it's Ned Ryerson. Ned, Ned the head. You remember? Yeah. <laughs> Bang! That guy. Anyway, they got. By the way, if you look up Stephen Tobolowski's IMDb, he's in like six bazillion movies. Oh yeah, I know that. Dude's super rich. Is he? Yeah, because he gets residuals anytime they show that stuff on TV. I think. Oh god. Well, anyway. Anyways, first off, Bill Murray in a TV commercial. I think that's unprecedented. I could be wrong. I guess I could do his. I don't know if there's IMDb for commercials. I don't know. I don't know if they credit him. But honestly, I was trying to think. I'm like. I thought he did Japan commercials or whatever, but that was in that movie Lost in Translation. <laughs> Which is hilarious. You thought that was like real life. But anyway, I, I mean, it's Scarlett Johansson. It was almost like real life. I, I well, wanted to be there. A lot of people that don't do commercials here, like Schwarzenegger, oh, Bruce Willis, Japan. they do okay. them in Japan because nobody sees them and they get paid fat cash. Yeah. But no, Bill Murray, to my knowledge, has not done a commercial. So it was totally... I've never seen it. Totally weird. Yeah. But they uh, filmed that up in Woodstock. They shut down Woodstock where they filmed Groundhog Day. So how did you know that? Because I have friends in Woodstock. I grew up near there. And they said, oh, Bill Murray's doing something with a Jeep. Yeah. Well, they blocked off like the whole downtown square area. Yeah. And people were like, they, anytime you block off <laughs> a city street, and like, who, who is so important to do this? What is going on? I need to go to get my Starbucks and drop my kids off at daycare. And like, um, we're filming a commercial with Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody was on social media up in Chicago area like, oh, my God, Bill Murray doing another thing. But, yeah. And, of course, Jeep uh, Chrysler plant up there um is up in belvedere so not oh, yeah. too far away uh and actually murray's brother was still in it too because uh brian doyle murray was his uh who is his brother brother or half brother yeah. was the mayor in that movie too so right. it was very cool i have to think that bill murray got paid five million dollars to do a commercial uh, well with all the money that uh 
Fiat Chrysler's making from the sales of the Gladiator pickup. I'm sure they can pay oh, his exorbitant salary. I don't think that's the case. I think no? we should look up sales numbers. I, I think they're struggling. 50k a piece. Yeah, it's. I think you know. I think when they get used, I, here, here's this is a perfect example of yeah. when a car gets cut off and they stop making it, and then 10 years later it's super popular because people can afford it. Is what's going to happen. So the Gladiators, 10 years from now, will be going for for the high low 20s, yeah, high teens, and they'll they'll be hot as hell. They'll I think be, you're right. That people will be all of them. They'll be. I can't believe they stopped making these. They're like the greatest vehicles ever. Right. No, because when they were new, they were sixty thousand dollars with all the options you wanted on them, and nobody was buying them. Everybody said for years. Remember all the enthusiast groups, all the Jeep enthusiasts are like, "Oh, I can't wait till they turn the Wrangler into a pickup. Yeah. Jeep's gonna wake up." And then they finally do it. And then nobody buys it. Man, they're sitting on lots right now. Dude, you can there's take... a beautiful one over at uh, Chrysler next door to our store. Yeah. It's got the. Uh, it's got like a sun. Sunshine stripe package on it. Oh, like the it's old like a retro. Uh, it's white with orange stripes and like an orange and brown stripe what set was up it? on it. Like the Golden Eagle, like the Daisy Duke. Kind, kind of a little bit like that. It it is cool looking. Anyway, nice rigs. I will say before we move on, uh, and they and Fiat Chrysler did this once before with either a Jeep or a Dodge commercial. I think it was Jeep uh, during the Super Bowl. They dubbed in the sound of the Hemi V8, which you <laughs> cannot get in the Wrangler. It's a, the Pentastar V6, I believe. So, Cheap play. Yeah, like the parts where he's, uh, Bill Murray is, you know, running around with yeah. Punxsutawney Phil. You hear this, like, awesome American throaty V8, and it's like, that. come on. You know guys. what bothered me the most about that commercial is I really thought that Punxsutawney Phil should have been played by a robot. Because I think a robot should be what we use to gauge the weather on. Have you heard that whole argument? No. PETA was up in arms again this year saying that a robot could do this job. Well, technically, any clown could climb out of a hole and see if there's a shadow, you know. It's true. It's, it's part of tradition. And and believe me, that groundhog is treated better than any other groundhog in the world. But was he wearing his seatbelt? <laughs> Anyways. Second commercial on the list was uh, Toyota's... Uh, 2020, uh. The Highlander? Yeah, the Highlander. Oh, oh yeah. Highlander Heroes, sorry. Uh, it revealed its big game ad with, uh, Kobe Smolders as a super mom alongside plenty of other superheroes. It was cute. Yeah. It just, it didn't have that urgency that you want in the, like, when John Cusack is a limo driver and like that, Movie where the whole Earth is imploding, oh, and like he, about that. And like he like gets out of his limo and like runs with helicopters. It's like the Earth is like collapsing. There wasn't that kind of drama in this commercial. There was a lot of cutesy things where like, sure, oh, go ahead without me, I'll make it, you know. And they're like, you sure? We gotta go, we gotta go. And they leave, and then she pulls up in a Highlander. Oh, there's did, room. And there's did, room. And they did that like three times. I'm like, uh-huh, that's cute. It just. It was yeah. too PG for me. I think I, I hate to say that. No, it was it was nice and it was nice to see a glimpse of of the Highlander. Uh, however, uh, it, it wasn't a Super Bowl level commercial. No, I, don't I think, think so. it could have been pumped up. a Well, little bit. as a Toyota owner, now you're going to realize that Toyota makes terrible commercials. They might as well have Jan out there just smiling. It would have been better for me. I mean, that would have worked. Yeah. Here's the thing, too. Comedy in thirds. They picked up like nine people in that thing. <laughs> You pick up three funny people. And yeah. one of the guys was at like a nuclear power plant that yeah. was melting down. I'm yeah. like, probably the, not. The Japanese are probably not laughing at that. No, one, huh? probably not good. All right. The Kia Seltos, Tough Never Quits. I did. I must have been. Uh, it was. Uh, he's a running back for Las, Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, he experienced homelessness while growing up in Oklahoma after seeing his commercial. Didn't know who we were cheering for. I don't know. Totally missed that one. Don't remember that one. Sorry. Okay. Well, then, how about the. The Hyundai Sonata Smart Pack. Smart Pack. Smart Pack. You know, Smart. as much as I love the Bill Murray commercial, yeah, I think I like this commercial just as much because uh, it's got Rachel Dratch. Rachel Dratch, John Krasinski. Uh, who else? There's like three other people. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Who? 
my wife goes, he doesn't talk like that. I'm like, I think he does. He's from Boston, right? Well, yeah, I think Rachel Dratch is. Is John Krasinski? They mean, have to be. Nobody's going to, I mean, I was waiting for Marky Mark to walk out and stop talking like, stop talking like this. That would have worked too. Yeah. Uh, would, fantastic demonstration of technology that, yeah. especially as everybody that makes new developments, shopping malls, mini malls, or uh, what do you call them? Strip malls, yeah. parking lots, they're so darn small now that yeah. you have to let people out of the car and then pull in. Yeah. I mean, Smartpak is where it's at. Smartpak. Smartpak. You smock it in the, in the garden? I did see the, <laughs> there was a, uh, a response from, it wasn't Boston, it was like some other nearby borough. Oh, yeah. That, like, the fire department said, like, just a reminder, even if your car has Smartpak, this is on Twitter, even if your ha- car has Smartpak, we will still, like, maybe it was Facebook because I'm getting up past <laughs> 200 some characters now. But it was like, you still have to respect, uh, you still can't park your car next to fire hydrants, uh, <laughs> In a in a no parking zone, nice. All with the accent spelled out phonetically yeah. was great. Yeah, uh, I, I, the, one of my favorite meme signs is yard sale. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yard sale. <laughs> um, yeah, the the comment was Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Mark Wahlberg probably could have done this better, but you know what? It was pretty cool. Now my wife did have a question when this car pulled in and narrowly uh, clipped didn't clip these cars beside it. Yeah. What about the guy who has to get in the driver's seat of that one car? That oh, was, they don't care. Yeah, yeah, they don't care. My dad actually got into an altercation at a uh, barber shop <laughs> over that, where somebody pulled in super close, yeah. and then he couldn't open the door. My dad's a bigger guy, like me, yeah. and the guy was well over the line, and he said something to the guy, like, hey, man, can you move your car so I can get out of here? Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'll move it when I'm ready, kind of thing. And, my, <laughs> and of course, my dad's like, are you ready right blanking now? And yeah. The guy's like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> but it's one of those things where, yeah, smart park, neat. But dude, I'm so over road rage. We could talk about it. We could have an episode of road rage. I, I I watch so many stupid people every morning on the way to work. Yeah, rushing and and trying to do the rush ahead on merges and stuff onto 474. I'm just like, why? It's it's bad. You, you you've gained ten feet, and your your anxieties and your hatred level, your blood pressure must have raised twenty points. What was the point of this? I was at Starbucks today, and the lady uh, who's the manager there just moved to Peoria from Bloomington. She's like, I used to commute from Bloomington every day. She goes, the level of anxiety. I had over the year yeah. that I commuted. She's like, I, I'm surprised I'm still alive. <laughs> Just going down 74. So, All yeah. right. Now, this uh, this next commercial I really enjoyed. It was the Porsche commercial, The Heist. Did you see this one, Daryl? No. It was the uh, somebody breaks into the Porsche Museum, and all the security guards have to grab cars to catch up with the, the robbers. You don't remember? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. No, I must so anyway, have taken a lot of por- bathroom breaks. These la- classic Porsches are driving around Stuttgart or wherever the hell they're from and yes. uh, and uh, going through all these little roads and everything and then come to find out when they catch the guy at the end, he's just another security guard. And they're like, oh, that was fun. You want to try it again? So it was kind of cu- It was actually a very cutesy commercial for Porsche. I was actually surprised. Must be a- It doesn't sound like them. It doesn't sound like them, does it? No. What about the Audi e-tron? Let it go. You know, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> let me let me just talk about that for a second. Um, I think you had a segment reserved for this one on the show. Maybe we I, just bypass I, that. I did. Um, uh, I was just going to say, first of all, I don't know who the actress in she, that was. She, it's a, not a glamorous picture they have Frozen on her face. <sighs> she's from, I think she's from Dis- Game of From Thrones. Disney's Frozen, Maisie Williams. Yeah. She belts it out from the wheel of her Audi e-tron sportback. So she's singing like a song from... Oh, because it's not Let It Go. She says something, this is something very eerily similar like a copyright infringement. No, it's she sings Let It Go. Oh, this is... Okay. Yeah, I'm like, is she from Frozen? I was asking... It was like 50 questions. I'm like, who is she? Where is she from? Is she a voice from Frozen? I don't understand. I don't have kids. And, then, of course, my wife said, no, she's from Game of Thrones. No, that's from that's not the movie you're thinking of, idiot. 
But my whole thing was, she looked like she's about 17 years old. She's got some eyebrows. Like, she's got the Brooke Shields eyebrows going on, which that's a thing now. Is it? Yeah, it's a thing. No, they're not painted on. I thought that all the kids painted them nowadays. She's driving this electric Audi and passing all these old smoggy, you know, malaise era vehicles. There's even like a, a wood grain Plymouth Voyager in it. And it's like <laughs> she's, she passes all these cars that are stuck in traffic because they're so archaic and bad for the environment and burn fossil fuels. And she's driving this $75,000 electric Audi. And I'm like, the first thing my wife and I both said, we looked, both looked at each other and we said, she can't afford that. That's the first thing we said. Mom and Dad could have. Actually, she can if she's singing those songs. She can afford anything she wants, Daryl. I love most people. I really am a humanist, Eric. <laughs> but I also, I'm tired of people thinking that they're going to change the world by being total consumers. And, you know, if, if buying an electric Audi at 75000 plus base is going to change the world. Good luck changing it for eight eighty nine a month. Okay, I mean, all these kids that are going to go out and lease the future and yeah, you guys think you're stupid old cars and I'm so smart and I'm going to sing a Disney song. It was just crap. The whole <laughs> thing was crap, and I'm sorry, but Game of Thrones, uh, it's like Game of. Do you know who John Legend is? He was Lame in our next of, commercial, Lame of Thrones. He no, was, I don't know. Yeah, I know John. He Legend. was in the Genesis commercial for the GV eighty going away party. Uh, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. Throwing a good way party for old luxury and welcome to young luxury. Oh, and, uh, so much hipper and savvier. Yeah, because it's cheaper. Yeah, no, I don't know. The Genesis brand is is kind of cool when I see it at the auto shows and stuff, but it's still a giant Hyundai. So I, right. I, I think that you know we we still have yet to be seen what's going to happen to these cars in ten years down the road because they don't exactly have great residual values over at the Hyundai and Kia place. No, they don't. And I I, I watched a Doug Demuro video review of one of those. Yeah, nice looking car. Heated massaging back seats sure. and recline all that, like all these cool gadgets. And I'm like, and that car is going to be worth 15 grand in five years. Yeah, have fun. It'll be amazing. Yeah. The last one on the list is the GMC Quiet Revolution. General Motors used the Super Bowl to reintroduce the world to an old nameplate, the Hummer. But rather than the standalone brand, the new Hummer is part of the GMC. Oh yeah, and it's electric too. It's electric. Boogie woogie woogie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had talked. This is actually going to be something later on the show. So uh, let's just bump right into that. Okay. General Motors announcement last week that it was bringing back the infamous gas guzzler, but as a zero mission electron eater instead. It was a reminder <laughs> that. <laughs> electron eater. <laughs> GMC nonchalantly noted the GMC Hummer EV pickup set to begin production next year could have a zero to 60 time of three seconds, 1,000 horsepower, and 11,000 pounds of feet torque. Smart pack? Smart pack. No smart pack. Um, the pictures from the ad and from the, the automotive mm-hmm. news, uh, this truck looks really good. I think this truck looks a million percent better than, than Elon's electric truck. And, and to be honest with you, I think it looks better than Rivian's. Am, am I really? off base there? To me, it looks like a warmed-over Silverado, which it probably is. <laughs> um, and I know that a lot of people have said the newer Silverado is the most hideous thing in the world. I don't know. It's 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 big, boxy. It's got the lines of the old Hummer in terms of... The grill, the front grill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it could have a frunk. Uh, okay, so let's say 1,000 horse and 1,500 pound-feet of torque, which is the number everybody's been going crazy about. Like, dude, you could totally tow, like, everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Um, I think it's a neat idea. Um, not anti-electric truck. We've talked before many times about how the EV truck market is kind of the emerging market, the next big, yeah. you know, thing to pop. But it just smacks a typical GM here, where it's 
it's a day late and, you know, <laughs> a couple million dollars short. Because everybody remembers when the Hummer dealers got sold off or became something else or became like a detail shop or, you know, like all the old Hummer dealerships folded after about 2008 or whatever it was. And GM is always missing the boat here. They're always like, hey, you know, wouldn't it be a good idea if, and seven other people have had that idea since then. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, what was always disappointing, you drive down to St. Louis, you'd see like the old Hummer park yeah. you know, on the side of the road where the track was at and it said Hummer out there. Even after Hummer was gone, there was still like this little this little ro- off-road course where people used to drive the Hummers and, and show up. Was that in o- O'Fallon or St. Charles? Out, yeah, it was in one of the suburbs, yeah, out west. But, uh, I think that the now is the time. I, I got to give GM credit in some ways. I, I, we're going to get into this a little bit with my moment of Musk, but I think that the big manufacturers are missing the boat. I, I think that they're kind of waiting. They're watching Elon. They're watching Rivian. And I think at this point, they have got to start showing they're serious on this stuff. Well, they might be more poised to turn something into production. Yeah. You know, whereas they're going to sit back and see how serious the others are. And then it's like, oh, well, we'll just make this thing happen. Yeah. Poof. Yeah. We'll talk more about that because I, I, I have a, a thought process that's starting to, to grind my gears. So we'll see if, if what I'm thinking comes to fruition. Okay. So that's it for the Super Bowl commercials. And that's it for Twism this week in social media. All right. Let's turn our sights now to regular headlines. And we're going to, we're going to zoom out a little bit and we're actually going to talk about some of the news that's making headlines out of Asia, specifically China and the widening coronavirus crisis. Detroit's automakers have delayed production in China, which uh, is actually adding to some operational problems in the world's largest market. Eric, we were talking uh, before the show a little bit about how this is going to be a, a big supply chain issue. Well, I, it's, uh, you know, we, we talk a little bit about how China, China, first off, the domestics, I think, have the biggest problem here. Uh, I know my manufacturer, I work for Ford's Toyota. We didn't mention that earlier in the show. I normally let everybody know that so they know that I'm a Toyota shill. But, uh, right. you know, but the one thing we always talk about is, you know, Japanese boards, Chinese boards. Uh, you know, all the electronics in your cars all are sourced from somewhere. And China is 90% of that business. So there's supply chains that are dependent on what's going on in China. If you look at population density of what's going on in China as far as, is where these factories are at, uh, where the production's at, you're going to see that there's giant swaths of China right now that they're literally fencing off. They don't want people moving. They don't want any product product moving. And what's going to happen in the short term in one or two weeks? Not a whole bunch. But as this thing starts rolling out, I think there's more deaths happening. I think it's actually yeah. starting to go into a bigger a bigger concern. We're going to start seeing what the, the tsunami in in Japan, the Fukushima disaster. You know, when Japan had to shut off its supply chains. We watched literally one year of production get shut down. Yep. We were delayed six months on parts. So the potential for GM and Ford and these, these big manufacturers to rely on Chinese parts, uh, it could be really severe. So right now, not a whole lot. But as you watch this news story roll out, you have to keep that in mind. Yeah, I think it was Friday or Saturday last week where the World Health Organization had officially declared the coronavirus a world health uh, epidemic. So this is this is a big deal, and like you were saying, they they're shutting entire cities down. Uh, and whenever that happens, I mean, just the ripple effect that it's going to have for not only the automotive industry but anything tech, anything with a microprocessor. Yeah, and, I, and we're just talking about tech. I mean, automotive yeah. tech, but yeah, think about it. if your TVs. T- yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what's it going to do? I mean, right now you could buy a uh, a forty inch TV for 
for 300 bucks. Right. I almost bought one at Costco for it was a 50 <laughs> 55 inch for 279. Crazy. It's insane. I, and it's a smart TV with yeah. Wi-Fi and all the apps. Oh yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. It's going to it's going to change. So when that price goes up 350, there'll be outrage in the streets, Daryl. Don't yeah. care about the dead people in China, but man, my Costco TV just went up. Yeah, right. So, uh hopefully the coronavirus gets under control, but otherwise be prepared for some some little glitches here and there. All right. You got some uh, EV stuff going on here, Daryl. What's going on in yeah, national news? Uh, to, to kind of come back a little bit with the electric fold, uh, I found an article on drivetribe.com, which is uh, one of my favorite new sites, following that a lot. Um, and it basically talks about the future of the classic car hobby going electric, possibly. Uh, they profiled a couple companies, mostly in Europe, that are doing some retrofit kits for Jaguars and old E-types, things like that, uh, Porsche 911s, you know, the classics uh, that we that we kind of remember seeing as kids. A lot of companies are retrofitting. Yeah, they're retrofitting electric motors. 911? I know. It's sacrilegious, and the article does a really good job of talking about that, uh, where they're basically saying, you know, on one level, this is, this is uh, you know, kind of ruining an old car, that sort of thing. But the trouble with the electric car, classic car issue is that too often it is seen as a do-or-die situation, the article says. Proponents of the new technology argue it's taking over and it's inevitable that it is resisting, I'm sorry, uh, resisting it is tantamount to environmental suicide. Although, on the other side, enthusiasts seem to see electric cars as a threat to their way of life. And I'm guilty of that. Uh, I'm in a bunch of old car clubs and... There's definitely it's it's two different camps. Yeah, there was a guy uh, in my club who's a great guy, and he was talking. He's got a couple old uh, vehicles. One's a '40s car, one's a '60s car, and they have a Prius. Their daily driver's a Prius. It's their second one. They're like, man, these things are awesome. We love it. Um, but at the end of the day, like he's out working on, you know, his old project cars, and that's where he that's where his his hobby. I don't ever see him putting an electric motor in one of his Corvairs or something like that and running around with yeah. it. But I don't even know how it's economical right now. I, I think there were some guys who were taking like Chevettes and some uh, some mid eighties and mid nineties cars, and just as a thrill, we're throwing deep yeah. cycle batteries in them with with big electric motors. Uh, but I I don't see a practical way we take a nine eleven and make a performance car out of it. Now that said, we're talking about a nineteen seventies nine eleven. We're not talking about a super classic car, but. If you're going to do it right, and I think on a classic car you'd want to do it right, yeah. how much more money are you going to be spending on this whole deal? And then right. let, let's just pretend that this 911 is going to be in my garage for the next 30 years. The battery tech that I throw in today, obs- obsolete 10 years from now, right. whereas if I fix a carburetor, I, could, I can still fix a carburetor another, in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road. And that's that's kind of that's the rub because I know a lot of people used to say back you know when I was – when I was younger, and even in my dad's generation, somebody would put in a fuel-injected crate motor in a 32 Ford and be like, oh, you're ruining that car. Yeah. Well, on one level, yeah, it's not the original. You Perverting know, it. Yeah. It's not factory original. And I do like, I, I do appreciate factory original restorations. But at the same time, if you're, quote-unquote, future-proofing the car, you know, a fuel-injection setup that some guy put in a, an old hot rod in the, in the 80s yeah. is, is outdated today. Yeah. So the same thing is true with the electric. Uh, all the controls, all the all that tech that you need to run. I mean, things move so quickly. Things have evolved even in the last ten years with electric vehicles and hybrids. So I don't know. Interesting to see. I don't know where that's going to end up. I still am a big fan of taking the classics, leaving them as they were, not only for a history lesson for people, future generations, but also 
like you said, you can always rebuild a carburetor on a Model A. Well, I mean, I think I think Bork is a perfect example. Uh, you you run into stuff all the time where like just a shifter dealing with the bushings in the shifter. Yeah. Okay. This is this is difficult. There are times when maybe changing that out to, to newer tech uh, that's more practical and easier to handle would would make sense. Sure. I don't see how an electric motor is any easier or more practical in this situation. Even even if you did uh, an upgrade with the software and you put a new ECU in it, that's going to be obsolete in ten years. Yeah. True mechanical parts. That can be 3D printed or whatever, you know, down in the future, I think are going to be easier to deal with 30 years from now if the car is really going to stay on the road. I agree. I agree. And speaking, not to, to talk all about old cars this week here, but uh, another article that caught my eye is from Auto Week, and it got a lot of traction on the uh, Antique Automobile Club of America's uh, Facebook page. And the, the headline of the article was, Are There Enough Old Car Guys to Keep <laughs> Vintage Car Clubs Running? And the, the photo was like an old, you know, turn-of-the-century oh, brass man. gas era touring car. Depressing. And it's a, a couple old dudes in it, and they're like having big smiles on their face, and, you know, life's good. But... um it highlighted the need for younger folks in the hobby, and if barring that, where are old cars going to be? Except in a museum parked somewhere behind a glass case in yeah. the next twenty. I mean, we're not talking like fifty years out. We're talking like ten, twenty years. And if you watch Barrett Jackson, which I actually brought, I'm nodding in agreement. I'm uh, nodding over the microphone, Darrell. Yeah, I'm sorry. you are. I brought uh, uh, Barrett Jackson. Some friends of mine went there to uh, to the one in Vegas here. Uh, it happened in late January. And uh, and they brought back uh, whatever I guess it's it's the booklet of all the stuff that's going up for auction. Yeah, I don't know what that's called because I'm not an auction guy, but uh, an um, auction book, neat stuff. <laughs> but everything in there, super high end, and a lot of the pre-war cars, which I wound up watching sell, they didn't get that much money for them. No, because there's not an audience for them. And uh, we have a guy in our club who received a, an award recently for his contribution, lifelong contribution to the hobby. A really nice guy, real instrumental in setting up the Wheels of Time Museum up in Dunlap. He's 104 years old. 104. 104 years and old. And he got out for this? Yeah, well, we went to Lutheran Hillside Village and presented okay. it to him. So okay. very appreciative, super, super cool guy, kind of a legend in the in the hobby. Um, and a lot of the clubs I'm in, they've got guys that are, you know, 70, 80, 90 years old. They've been members of these clubs for 50, 60 years. And they're great resources for technical advice or, you know, they've chances are they've restored five to ten cars. And, and yeah. you can pick their brain and they know everything. But where are the younger folks that are involved in that hobby? And I, I worry, being 40 years old and being one of the younger people in my group, I'm like, yeah. anybody into this cool stuff? I don't yeah. know. It's don't changing. Know. I think, uh, you know, the style is changing. I think, you know, we talk about this a lot. You know, why, why do I love 1990s cars? You know, I think the wheelhouse changes. The, the desire desirability of a car is based on when you were passionate about the automobile. And so that's why those pre-war cars. Yeah. It's beautiful iron. It's big, beautiful stamped steel. I just, I love the look of it, but sure. that was not my youth. Yeah. I don't get anything out of driving a car with white wall wheels. Yeah. It does nothing for me. Sure. You know, Mr. Miyagi's collection in the Karate Kid was amazing, <laughs> but I would never own any of those cars. Sure. You know, sure. Um, Nostalgia's relative, my dad always says. And he was always real appreciative uh, when I was in high school. I liked 80s cars, yeah. 70s and 80s cars. Yeah. And you'd take one to a car show, but get this used car out of here. <laughs> and my dad was always real defensive. He was like, hey, to my son, this is what he grew up with. This is what he likes. Yeah. He's into cars. Let him be. And that was an uphill battle for 20-some years. Still yeah. is. Interesting. Um, 
Now, it, it, I think you could literally post articles about this all the time, and I think it's the same thing everywhere. I don't think it's unique to Central Illinois. I don't think it's. No. Uh, I don't even know that it's unique to this this type of club environment. I'll bet model railroad guys, yeah. RC airplane guys. I'll bet you could go down a list of all the hobbies because the thing is, there was a time. Let's let's face it. You lived to be sixty five years old if you were a man. You worked in a factory. And you put in hard days, hard labor, and and you didn't have a chance to see the world. Or Facebook gives you the opportunity to say, "Oh, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in that." Here I am going to the cheese freeze rally. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would have never done that 20 years ago because I wouldn't even have known that was going on in Wisconsin, yeah. right? <laughs> but now with social media, there's so much stuff going on. You can expand your mind so much, and you can change hobbies tomorrow uh, to keep somebody dedicated to a hobby for 30 years. Yeah. I don't know if that's realistic. Plus, I think the younger generations are into experiences. Yeah. They want to go see some old cars or something. They're interested in old race cars. Like Ford versus Ferrari came out. People are like, oh, I like the old race cars. They'll go to a Goodwood or they'll go to Pebble Beach. They'll see some cool stuff at historic races at Monterey. They're not buying a race car. They don't need to. They don't have the room. They don't want to keep the stuff. They want to drive Audi e-trons. But now, <laughs> devil's advocate here, cars and coffee in Peoria is huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. So, and that's literally guys who want to show off their cars. And as I joked earlier in the show, it's not guys who want to race. Yeah. So that, I mean, what's the experience there? Just, I mean, there's passion there. Yeah. I guess we just have to decide, you know, what does it manifest itself into later? Camaraderie. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, I can't wait for car show season because, that's where I'm in my life. Yeah, I got some uh, new uh, lights on my son's truck for Friday Night Lights. Woohoo! We're going to do some rock lights along with the uh, light bar on the front that has like disco lights. It's going to be sweet. Is it LED? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'll wear my shades. Nice. Nice. All right. Is that, right. It? Is that it for national, I, international, I and local and all that stuff? I think. Are we at that time in the show where I think we're at? All right. It's time for your moment of must. Yeah. If you don't know what that noise is, that is the one and only Elon Musk. He just dropped his latest single. Wow. Don't know what it means. It's uh this is really Elon Musk. You need some Vicks vapor rub? You sound a little congested. Oh no, that's Elon. Yeah. What a little echo on it. Sounds better this way. It actually does. <laughs> Remix. Anyway, that is your moment of musk. Here's the deal, folks. This is the only. Uh, we talked about the 420 thing last time. His stock is record high. He's valued more than Ford and GM put together. And this is what the guy's doing. He's literally sitting behind a computer and he's whipping out songs. He's going to China, opening up gigafactories. I would tell you, Daryl, that he's a time traveler from 1984. They made a movie of this guy. Yeah, they I don't did. know if you remember this. I do. It was called Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> Buckaroo, played by Peter Weller, who, who should be just called Elon Musk, was a mm-hmm. physicist, a neurosurgeon, a test pilot, and a musician, and he saved the world from interdimensional aliens called the Red Lectroids from Planet 10. I think Elon is just short of one space invasion before he saves the world. He might be. Um, I, I am, I'm having a very conflicted thing right now with Elon. I, as much as I hate the guy, I watched this valuation and I w- we were talking a little bit about Steve Jobs the other day. You know, Steve Jobs, when he was with Apple, 
He made the company because he was the cult of personality that made that happen. Steve Jobs gets booted off the board. Company suffers. They bring him back. Next thing you know, there's something. If Elon leaves Tesla, same thing. They fold. If Elon, if Elon continues to do what he's doing, I seriously believe at this point, because other manufacturers are doing nothing to compete with him, he could literally lose money into infinity like Bezos did with Amazon. And at yeah. some point, the inflection point hits where electric cars are what you have to have. And everybody else has stood there watching this guy be a moron. And he owns the market. And I, we've only been doing this show for 18 months. Yeah. And I've had a complete flip on this guy. And maybe it's because I watch him too much. I don't think he's any smarter than anybody. But I think people believe in him more than they believe in the other manufacturers that are out there. Plus, he's just fun. <laughs> you think? Well, for some people, not necessarily my bag. I'm more a fan of the T-Mobile CEO's Slow Cooker Sunday on YouTube. That's a real thing. <laughs> I haven't seen that. It's great. But it's the same thing. It's a gimmicky, you know, kind of shtick. And people are waiting to see what he does next. Yeah. He's fun to follow. Um, definitely a lot more fun than just all business and wearing a suit and yeah. a CEO of a company you don't hear anything about. No, I've actually, uh, Jacob, who was on Irish Lightning episode, um, he worked for T-Mobile. And he would tell you one of the best companies to work for. Yeah. Loved it. And uh, loved everything they did for the employees. Yeah. Loved the way they treated their customers. There's, well, there's room for growth there because they can walk in and look like the good guys versus the, the you know the big old companies. Sure. Um, I you know Elon's stock right now the stock price is astronomical. It's gone up and uh, and the valuation is huge. And so what happens here? Do we look at it and go, well, how they can't maintain that? There's faith in the customers. There's faith in the stockholders. They keep putting money into this thing. And he opened a factory in China. If they start selling cars in China, he is making cars on like Rivian. So, you know, I have a different impression of him versus RJ Scaringe. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Daryl, we're going to keep watching Mr. Elon just because he's an interesting dude. But uh, I think, I think he might be crazy like a fox. I just don't know. He might, he might be. Daryl's, <laughs> Daryl's dying. I'm going to, I'm going to talk over the show right now. I'll be right, I'll be right back. Uh oh, uh oh. In the meantime, let's listen to some more Elon. You know you want to. Do you have that on repeat? No, that's dude, it's like a five minute song. Here's the thing. Any any monkey with Pro Tools can make a hip hop song. Yeah. I'm not even sure what he's saying in the background. It's like Aunt you. I don't know. I don't know because there was there were so many effects behind it. <laughs> or as Beavis and Butthead used to say, special defects. <laughs> Whatever. It's an Elon moment. You listen to throwing wrenches for your moment of Musk, and you got it, Daryl. Yeah. Is it time for the that time of the day where Daryl says, "Get that ball off my lawn, you stupid kids." I'm going to do that and, and uh, take another Luden's cough drop or some sort of lozenge <laughs> from my throat. We're, we're in a new studio night that has carpet, so maybe the carpet fibers are. In, Maybe you have the coronavirus. Maybe it's mold. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, all right, so so th we're going to talk a little bit about things that, that cheese us both off here in the section we like to call the Riff Zone, the Riff Zone. And, Eric, I'm just going to start this off. <laughs> just, there's There's been a slew. Have you have, have you heard about this? Have you heard I, about this? Yeah, I think I might have. Um, Tell me, Daryl, what is it? $3 car washes. They're all over the place. They're the next big thing. And that's a, that's a really nice thing. Most of them have brushes, so I don't go to them. 
But the $3 car washes that pop up oftentimes here in beautiful central Illinois have free vacuum cleaners. Have you seen those? Yes. It's nice. You get this whole row. It's like a PVC pipe with multiple hose drops. Oh, yeah. My wife thought that was the greatest thing in the world. We did the $3 car wash. She's like, we're never going anywhere else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's it, w- the first time you go there, it's this is amazing because you don't have to pay $7 for a, for a gross vacuum. You can get it for free. But here's the new thing. And this is actually being addressed in future $3 wash uh, architecture. The $3 wash that has the free vacuums, there was no check to make sure that you got the wash and then used the vacuum. It's it's a two-way entry into the vacuum area. Right. So people were just using some free vacuums and then driving away. And the thing that bothers me about that is, number one, it's kind of an honor system. It's kind of like... It's kind of like if you went into a restaurant, ordered an ice water, took some mints and a toothpick, and pieced out. <laughs> you know, like that's there for paying customers, dude. And yeah. so, if you're going to use the free free vacuum, then I want to see that that vacuum better be gleaming clean. You better not be, you know, vacuuming out your kids' vomit in the back seat. The ashtrays definitely or, stick it in the ashtrays. Right. That's the best thing. Right, vacuuming out water from your leaky sunroof <laughs> in your Lesaber. You know, I don't want to see any of that. And then hang the thing up so it doesn't break suction. If, if anybody's been to one of those, oh where, yeah, the one, yeah. If you leave it sit there, yeah, you're losing suction everywhere else. Yeah, and it whistles. It's the it's the dog whistle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's terrible. So if you use the use the free vacuum at the three dollar car wash and you don't get a car wash, you're a terrible human being. And I want to go on record of saying that. Just get the car wash. I I never thought about it. I I guess if you put a one way gate on it so people can't go back that direction. Yeah. Um, I, and I, the one in Peoria on Sterling did that. Yeah. They actually made it to where you can only get there. They put up concrete curbs and a little gatehouse. <laughs> nice. I mean, it looks like Berlin in the 60s. Somebody, somebody probably still pulling up as close as they can to get to see how far that <sighs> vacuum reaches. It's awful. They, they used actually... to be free. They're so mean. They're communists here. <laughs> I don't understand. No, they're capitalists. Yeah, that's the whole point. Three uh, bucks. Three yeah. bucks. So I've used a three buck car wash a couple times and yeah. I've, and I've done the three buck, but then, before the uh, parade uh, that I, I did uh, Miss Marigold in, I did the $10 wash with the Ooh. wax and everything. Ooh. And the car actually beaded water after. I was pretty shocked. I was yeah. I was quite thrilled. So uh, the $3 wash did exactly what it was designed to do, get me in for the $3 and yeah. then sign me out for the 10 by the time it was all over. Right? What do they call that? There's a, there's a, uh, the upsell? The upsell yeah. or the, uh, not door buster. There's some like terminology. Oh, when you get the customers to select it themselves, but I think it's an upsell. I think Walmart does that too. They put the cheap thing on the end cap. This yeah. is eight eighty eight. The one you really want is down the aisle for twelve eighty eight. Anyway, uh, we're not bitter. We're not bitter. No. Anyway, no. Uh, you're I, angry. Well, I had one today. It just kind of blew my mind. I was yep. standing stand there in the service lane with a customer, a Toyota customer. I love my Toyota customers, but but sometimes I, I question their thought process. It was uh, a gentleman who bought a Prius. Certified Prius, and it was a Prius plug-in. Great car. It was only a year old. had 20,000 miles on it. But he was standing there upset because when you buy a new Toyota, you get two years of free service, two years of 25,000 miles, which on a Prius is two free oil changes and rotations and three free rotations because you do it every other time. So 10,000, 20, it's an oil change, whatever. But Well, I bought this car certified, and I only got two free oil changes. They gave me coupons for two free oil changes. But I'm not getting those other three services in between. No. And I'm looking, I'm like, well, yeah, but you bought it used, and they gave you that. And he goes, well, you know, I feel like I would have got a better deal if I would have bought the new car. And I'm like, you saved $3,000 on the used car, and you're worried about 75 bucks in the three other services. And it just, <laughs> and he still left there just like, eh, I think I got ripped off. Yeah. I'm like, dude, yeah. you're 
you something is not right in your brain. I, so anyway, that was the one that ground my gears. I just he didn't understand, and he left there still frustrated that uh, that we ripped him off. I'm like, you well, were some of that too. It, it, we talked a little bit before the show. Do you think it's it's the mentality that hey, I uh, I, I just bought something, so you guys owe me? Oh, there's you a know? lot of that. Yeah, I and mean, it's my my thought process has always been: if you're a good customer, they'll take good care of you. Mm-hmm. If you're a jerk, they probably won't. But then there's some people who say, why doesn't everybody get treated the same way? Well, because we don't get treated the same way by every customer. <laughs> That's why. Well, yeah. I, I remember when I worked retail, there was a guy who we were notorious when I worked at Crate and Barrel. Uh, we wouldn't sell anything off the floor. If it was something we could order a new one of, yeah. if it was a display model and there's more in the warehouse, we're not going to sell the display. We had a guy come in one time and he was like, I want to buy this table. And I want this one. I want to take it home today. I said, well, we don't have any in stock, but we can order it. No, I want this one. I want the display. And I want you guys to give me 30% off because it's got a couple dings in it. <laughs> like, And it just kept going and going and going. And so we f- we finally told him, like, no, we're not going to do it. And he's like, I want to see the manager. You know, like he escalated it to like DEFCON 4 yeah. or whatever. And finally the manager is like, Okay, sir, if you really want it that bad, we'll go ahead and sell it to you, but we'll give you 10% off. And he threw a fit, threw a fit, threw a fit. And then finally we're like, okay, how's 15%? He goes, okay, that's fine. Thanks. Have a good day. Like his demeanor changed because it was all an act to try to get it. I'm like, dude, this isn't like a bazaar in Zanzibar. Like you actually, here's a price, here's a process. And the only reason we're being nice and giving you this discount is because you're making a scene once you get out of the store. I'm tired of looking at you. Yeah. And the sad part is that guy was in there all the time doing that stuff. Yeah. What I loved is when when something like something like that happens to my service advisors, and everybody else is a witness to it. You know, all the other service advisors, other customers in the lane, uh, and even in the waiting room. I love when it happens in the waiting room because oh. we're very nice and very patient. Sure. And when somebody flips out like that, other customers are like. I can't believe the way that guy treated you. The other customers will feel like it's on them to treat us nicer yeah. because they saw what an a hole that guy was. So, sure. um, I. Hey, you know what? Happens every day. It does. Uh, at the end of the day, they've been trained. They've been conditioned to be this way. They're like they're like spoiled kids, Daryl, and we've definitely made them this way. You know what? If you want your oil changes, just pay for an oil change. Yeah, it's like the three dollar car wash. Yeah, just get the, <laughs> just, just pay just, for the ten dollar wash. Pay the ten dollar wash. Get I the, came in for three in the free vacuum. How about an air freshener, a new car smell. All right. So the final segment of the show, the favorite part of the show for us, Daryl and I go shopping. Every week, mm-hmm. every episode, not every week. For Aldi milk. Yeah, Aldi milk. But then sometimes when the wives are asleep next to us on the couch, we'll pull out the iPad or the computer and we'll go, you know, if I could buy a car right now, what would I buy? <laughs> and, every night. Invariably, I'll be on Facebook Marketplace and like, ooh, what's this? What's this? Or maybe somebody will text me a message and say, hey, look at this really sweet $1,000 Land Cruiser over in uh, Canton. <laughs> and uh, yeah, how sweet can a $1,000 Land Cruiser be, you ask? Not very. Not very. It was sweet. missing a title. That guy didn't email me back. Anyway, this week <laughs> on the Land Cruiser tangent, uh, there was a new Land Cruiser just arrived at the store. I don't know if that's what inspired this uh, this virtual purchase from me, but uh, it's a 2002 Land Cruiser. It's in North Liberty, Iowa, listed eight hours ago from today for forty one hundred dollars. It's got two hundred seventeen thousand miles on it. It's automatic because all Land Cruisers are automatic. Uh, it's blue, which is not my favorite color, but it's a dark blue, and they call it fair condition. Runs and drives great. Has a little bit of has light deer damage on the front passenger and rear passenger corner. Light deer damage. Light deer damage. And so I looked at it. The picture, of course, is on the driver's side. 
looks pretty mint for a 2002 Land Cruiser 200,000 miles from the driver's side. But when you do a little rotation and you look, mm. uh, the passenger front is pretty devastated, and the uh, passenger rear is missing missing a good chunk of the trim off the quarter panel back there. That said, it's $4,000, so I could take that front bumper off and put a ARB metal bumper on there, maybe something TJM, yeah. and I could make this thing a wheeling machine for under $10,000. I could have this thing stacked with suspension, tires and rims and bumpers, I can have a blast with this thing. So when's, when's it coming home? No, the missus said I can't get it. No? Okay. And that's Cars of the Week. We, <laughs> I virtually bought it, I virtually built it up, and I virtually uh, divested of it. Cut, let down. <laughs> uh, just for the uninitiated, what motor are we talking? Is this still the inline six, or is this a V8 by the uh, No, this is the uh, 100 series, so this was moving up to the V8. So like a 4.7? Four, 4.7, four, seven. Seven. yeah. Okay. It'd be a nice little trail rig. It'd be fun. I, and, and it has third row seating. It's leather. I mean, the thing yeah. was, these were still kind of high end, uh, soccer mom cars, but, uh, definitely with the capabilities. I don't know if it has a locker. It's all wheel drive. I think it has a center lock in it, so you can, uh, have two wheels going at the same pace, you know, front and rear. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we'll see. I know there's a couple floating around out there. Um, I will find the other one that I, it was half price. It was, <laughs> It was 2400 or something. I'll was it missing too. half the car? It might have been missing another bumper or piece or something, <laughs> but that's beside the point. You Windshield. Can, you can get all that, right? Yeah. All right, so my pick of the week, uh, I, I went a little older school. Uh, I picked a, a classic box Chevy Caprice, and for those who know what I'm talking about or are big ludicrous fans, he raps about that quite a bit. Oh, does he? Uh, there's, a, there's a 1987 Chevrolet Caprice 9C1 police car. It's the, this is an unmarked cop car. Uh, and it is up in the uh, the hometown of Menards. Menards. Up in Elk Mound, Wisconsin, don't you know? Uh, $10,000 is what the asking price is, which Whoa, seems... Oh, that seems know, astronomical. Seems pretty steep. But this is a nice, low-mileage... Rust-free California car that supposedly, according to the seller, and we know that sellers are always honest. Yeah. Kind of like the light deer damage. Light deer damage. <laughs> Sounds like a something you'd have on a salad. Awesome. Maybe the deer was light. Maybe it was like a fair fawn or something. You know. Light deer damage with a house vinaigrette. Um, <laughs> no, anyway, so this car was purchased <laughs> supposedly from a small town fire chief in California and only driven to fires on Sunday. Uh, the car has zero rust from the pictures, and it, it looks pretty original. Is that in the ad? Do you write that in there? I wrote that in oh, there. Beautiful. Because, you know, humor. Comedic. Um, it, it was all original, except the guy did a little light window tint on it. It was, it was respectful. It wasn't the uh, the full limo tint. Is he in the car in the picture? Yeah, and let's talk about that. <laughs> if you're going <laughs> to... We're not photographers, are we? Oh, you dabble a little bit. I dabble, but... Oh, my God. If you're going to put a car for sale, are you going to put your ugly mug in it? I mean, not you're you're not ugly, but you know what I'm saying. I it's I've never seen a listing with somebody in the car. That's a riot. And he's like half his face. Yeah, it's not even you can't even really see him like <laughs> smiling. It's just like somebody sitting there in the car in the I mean, grass. I mean, it's definitely set up as a pose. Yeah, it wasn't like casually taken on the street with a guy driving it. He parked it there with the with the wheels cocked, yeah, like yeah. it's ready for ready for duty. Oh my god. Anyways, the car is finished in that uh, kind of a dark metallic gray, and it does totally look like a. Like an unmarked car from like a Bruce Willis movie or, yeah. or you know, some sort of police uh, chase. Definitely a Danny Glover era movie. Yes. Uh, 9C1, for, for folks who aren't familiar, that is the, the regular production option code or RPO code for police packages. They had them for Camaros. They had them for Tahos. They've got them for all kinds of things. But 9C1 is the, is the Caprice one. And this is that, that classic B-body, uh, big boxy era of GM car. This got a, a throttle body fuel injected 350. 
heavy-duty suspension, cooling brakes, you name it. It's pretty pedestrian. It's pretty gross, uh, like vinyl, blue vinyl. You still haven't sold me for the 10000 price tag, Daryl. What it lacks in creature comforts and style, it makes up for independability. And I still think these cars look mean. I remember as a kid growing up in beautiful Lindenhurst, Illinois, our police force was very late to switch over to the, the Jelly Bean 91 style, uh, the rounder caprices. Sure. They kept these these boxy ones because... And I remember, like, as a kid, like, you know, hey, Mr. Officer, like, talking to the cops, <laughs> because that's what kids did where yeah, I grew up. Back we'd, then. We'd ride bikes, and they would do their their p- the patrols or whatever. And we said, how come you guys don't have the cool new caprices? And the, and I remember the officer's name was Do- Officer Jeff Hole, which sounds terrible. Jeff Hole. Because as a kid, you know, <laughs> but he, uh, H-O-E-L with, like, two <laughs> little dots over it. Anyways, like Noel, but oh, okay. Hole. Right. Right. Anyways. Must have been Swedish. He's like, uh, these cars are better cars. He's like, they're lighter, they're faster. He's like, they're just, they, they're tougher. The newer ones, he's like, there's too much plastic and all that. And he's right. The plastic bumpers on the later ones are a little gross, and yeah. they're just, they weren't as fun uh, to me. I like these guys. But ten grand, I don't know. Uh, Money was no object. I, I mean, buy. yeah, obviously you bought it in your mind. You'd already justified it. I did. What did Sarah think when you talked to her about it? I don't think I share. I don't think I shared that with her. I shared I some just, other. I, we just bought a Highlander in the truck. I just want to know what you yeah. think about maybe getting this uh, Caprice. Not going over well. I did find out about a '52 Chevy in Washington. I'm going to go look at though. So wish me luck there. <laughs> and which? Uh, getting back to the very start of the show, which yeah. car is getting uh, lopped out of the garage? Booted. Um, well, probably none because I only have a three car garage. So. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. You got room for a Chevy then? (sighs) No. No, I've got three in the garage already. No. Oh, yeah. I thought you had a four car garage. No, it's, it's, I've got four in there, but it's, it's a three car garage. (laughs) I have a problem. I have a problem. I need another garage. My name is Daryl Scott and I have a problem. I don't have a giant, awesome outbuilding like you have here where you can just. I guess I could start, like, I could seal that off and make it so it could be car storage. You could. You could put the little lifts and go like double decker. Oh, yeah. You just have to kill all the raccoons and cats that climb around there. Yeah, that's true. No, nobody wants that to happen. No. Anyway, PETA? Yeah. <laughs> you have robot cats. PETA's on line four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that is the end of the show. Uh, you know, we hope you enjoyed it. And please, as we always ask you, talk to the sponsors. Let the sponsors know you enjoy the show. Make sure if you have a legal problem, if you have an automotive issue, if some dealership has, has cheesed you off, uh, you know, talk to Gabe Casey, CLOPeoria.com. See the way I put cheese at the very end of the show? I, I see what you did there. Um, you can also take a, a gander at some of the fine vehicles, new, used, or whatever you might be interested in, or in the market for at Fort's Toyota Pekin on the web at toyota-pekin.com. So give them a little bit of love as well. And, of course, you can follow us on Facebook. We are also on uh, YouTube. We need to do some videos in 2020. I, I would agree. Every car show, we need to effort that. Yeah. Daryl and I, we're camera shy. We are, we are, but I think you know we could do some in-camera. We could do some test drives of some unique vehicles. That's a good idea. Yeah. I like it. That, Let's I, get the I, worst vehicle. I, if ever. I could just get around cars, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> oh, you know, we'll we'll save this for the post show. If you want to get on Patreon and you want to hear the post show, I'm going to talk about my GoPro. How much I How much I hate GoPro. So anyway, four throwing wrenches. This is Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>